This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, I'm joined by Stephanie Cicerelli, Chief Marketing Officer and co-founder of Voices.com. Hello, Stephanie. Oh, hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Voices.com? Well, Voices.com is an online marketplace, and what we do is connect businesses with professional voiceover talent. So if someone has a need to get a voice to record for their animation project, maybe their telephone system, a movie trailer, audiobook, corporate narration, a training video, anything at all, they can come to Voices.com to find the voice that they would like to work with by either posting a job or searching through our search engine. Now, I have to admit, to our listeners, I think I, I think I might have been on your website earlier. When did you start off? We started out in 2004 as a marketplace, yeah. but we both have, well, my husband and I, I should preface that, uh, we co-founded the company. We have extensive backgrounds in this industry. His is in audio engineering and mine was in voice. So that's why you sound so good on the podcast then? Well, because <laughs> there's some years of training there. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm interested in, in how you sort of built your brand online and also how you built a community. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. What were your challenges? Well, I think the biggest challenge that we faced was a, a brand challenge, and that was actually renaming ourselves. We rebranded in 2006. Prior to that, we had launched as Interactive Voices.com, which of course is kind of a mouthful. Uh, people used to say that it hurt their fingers to type it out. So we knew that we had to change our name. Uh, so what we ended up doing was going from interactivevoices.com, which kind of implied that we only did interactive media, to simply voices.com. And, yeah. and that was quite a transition and uh, a, you know, a big investment for us as a, a fledgling startup, but, but it, was, it was worth it for sure. Yeah, but it was worth it. This this is a really good example, isn't it, of of trying to get, I know it's difficult to do, trying to get the right name as early as you can. Well, I've heard it said that a good name is better than great riches. So we had to get that right. And to find a dictionary name of all things, like a word, just voices alone was an outstanding opportunity for us. We just couldn't pass it up. So, I mean, if someone was, was just starting off their business and maybe they had a website and maybe, the, maybe they had one or two clients, what would your top three tips be for someone trying to build a community online? I think you really have to know who those people are that you're trying to reach. So if it's customers that you already have, just need to know a lot about them, what they like to do, what they're passionate about, and how it is that you can help them. It really helps to have expertise in those areas. And if you do, then you'll know how to write for those people. You'll have the resources to provide them with. And you can also kind of draw them in to you uh, because you have what they want. I think that when you serve a community online, you really need to cater to it as a community and use it as a relationship building tool as opposed to necessarily a way to get more customers. Like that will happen over time. And um, some companies like us, I know for Voices.com, we had a pre-existing community before we went into social media and before we kind of tried to uh, build up other presences. And that was really helpful because we had our own customers that we could reach out to at that point and say, oh, did you know we have a Facebook page or or here? 
years where you can follow us on Twitter. So for companies that have been around for a long time, they actually have quite an asset in their, their customer list or their user database. They can just reach right out. But if you're someone who's just creating a brand new company and you're trying to get that traction through social, then you'll probably be building a lot more relationships at first than you're seeing um, an ROI come in the door in terms of money at, at, in the initial phases. Now, you, you mentioned something quite interesting there. Do you think it helps if you're li- like you, if you're sort of doing what your sort of users are trying to do? For example, I mean, you're a voiceover artist yourself. Do you think it, that helped you to build a community? Oh, certainly. Um, my background is music and voice specifically as the instrument. Uh, I studied and I've been singing since I was born, probably. Um, but all that aside, like I know what they go through and I know what they're concerned about. Um, I have an appreciation for their instrument, which people don't usually think about the voice as an instrument, but it is. And mm. you've got to take care of it. And there's all these other different I guess, areas around the voice. You could talk about vocal health. You could talk about technique. You could talk about breathing. You could talk about the foods to eat or to avoid before you go and sing or speak. So there are many different ways that I could speak to them as a voice major, but I also had theatrical background. So I could speak to the acting aspect of voiceover and voice acting and just the whole interpretation of a script, how to develop a character, you know, make a character sketch, an outline, just all these little backstory things that you need to know um, and just knowing what serves as motivation for a role was very helpful and and to have all that information at my disposal both through practical experience and uh, study kind of in an academic way as well um, it it just really helped me to connect to those people and be a resource to them and whenever you can help somebody then you'll find that you'll often get what you want in return yes it's the old saying isn't it if you cast your loaves upon the water they come back as tuna sandwiches (laughs) So once you've connected with these people, Stephanie, how do you sort of keep the momentum going? How do you keep that communication going? That's a good question. I think you need to develop a rapport with them so that they they know that you're there and you're consistent and and you're able to answer their questions. But you also need to be able to give them something. I know that people just really enjoy being able to soak in information and they like it in sound bites sometimes. So what we do is we will post through our social channels using content that we've created for our blogs. So just like how, uh, you know, we've created content for search engines and SEO, and it really helps us to build up our kind of credibility. We also will use content in a different way, kind of repurposing it for sharing through social to to build up our credibility with our audience there. Um, Not only does it position us as thought leaders, but it also goes to give them more information about something that maybe they've been wondering about and and just a resource in general. Not everyone will visit your website or Mm. they may not click through the link to read the story, but if they can get the gist of something, maybe a little idea or whatnot, then that's just another impression that you can make in the minds of, of that fan or follower, and, and they will attribute it to you as they move along in their quest. That sounds interesting. So it sounds like you're taking a response and then repurposing it out into the other sort of social channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just starting the conversation in a new place and in a slightly different way than maybe how you posed it on your blog. Um, now you mentioned Facebook there. I was just wondering what um, sort of moving slightly onto social media. What social media tools did you use to build your community? Which which did you find sort of worked for you, and which didn't work for you so well? 
Mm-hmm. Well, the top three, and I think this may be the case for a lot of companies, are probably Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, they all have very different audiences, people who congregate in those places with different desires and reasons for why they use those channels. Um, we find that Facebook, although it is our largest um, online social networking community of people, like there are over 223,000 people who are liking our Facebook page, um, although they're the most populous and and kind of, I guess, the biggest community in that sense, they're not necessarily the most active in terms of engaging in conversation. They'll probably like things and be a little more passive and maybe share something. But we found that Twitter is very good for kind of reaching people in real time, talking about something that's relevant and using hashtags is wonderful. Um, But just keeping that conversation going on a one-on-one basis is superb through Twitter, and and you never know who you're going to find, and that's the beauty of it. It's so open. Um, And with LinkedIn, although it is kind of our, the small but mighty, I guess, you know, like it's a little engine that could, smallest group of people we have in terms of our social uh, networking space, Um, but they are the most vocal and most engaged in, in people who are really thinking about their business all the time and and about how anything that they're reading on that channel can connect to them in some meaningful way to to move forward in business. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm guessing that most people on LinkedIn are sort of more professional business oriented people, aren't they? So they're going to behave in a slightly different way, I guess. Yeah, and I think that that can be said for, for, well, I don't know if people behave differently depending on which uh, networks they're on, because certainly I have a profile in all three of those social networks. Um, I'd like to think that I behave the same way in all three of them, mm. but what I find is that a lot of people are, are really interested in the discussions, and maybe because it's all real time and it, it's a certain way and it notifies you each time a comment is left. If you're part of that conversation and you want to know, then you can, and maybe that's part of that whole kind of the momentum really builds quickly in LinkedIn it just seems like something happens and everyone knows and and it with twitter though like you can be notified of something but it it just doesn't seem to have the same kind of um i guess propulsion that linkedin does and facebook again is is kind of where people maybe mentally think that they're going to go have fun and just look at neat pictures Mm. or or kind of you know get a a neat word for the day or, or something like that so um you can't necessarily expect that there's going to be a huge um I guess, response from Facebook in terms of a return on your investment of time. Uh, I know that uh, social media, you have to budget your time with it anyway, but uh, you do need to find the one that works best for you. And I, I think that wherever your your group of customers are and where they like to be most is certainly where you need to be. Now, I know for a fact, because a little birdie told me that you have written a book, we'll talk about that in a minute, but that got me thinking about... Um, how did you let me let me let me think about this question rephrase it slightly how do you sort of leverage people into your business like do you sort of give away free beers or anything like that have you got like a strategy that you use well i think with us we have a freemium service and so that means that you can sign up to Voices.com for free, but we do have a paid level after that. Uh, we have tried to do giveaways in the past, and I'm talking years ago, where we do the Saturday giveaway and you know, on our blog when blogs were really awesome. And they still are. It's just that 
um, you know, not as many people comment anymore because they're just looking at the content in kind of a, a nutshell, so to speak, through social now. But yeah. um, we used to do that a bit. But what we found was that by just giving things away, people got used to that and they would only ever participate when they knew that something was free. And so it was kind of like, oh, well, they don't seem to care for the rest of the week, but every Saturday, my goodness, look at this. Um, so I guess in a way we had kind of trained them to think, well, you know, maybe we'll only participate if there's something in it for me. Um, so maybe we just need to write more interesting articles. I don't know. But it just seems that whenever you give something away for free, there becomes this expectation, almost this entitlement. People just think that they can ask for, for anything at that point. So we went away from the giving away things. We don't have a free trial of our membership service, for instance. Um, you know, like that's uh, just something that we've chosen not to do. But we do have that free guest membership. And if you're someone who's posting a job at the site, uh, you can post that job for free. That There's mm. no cost of doing that. So tell us a little bit about this book that you wrote. Yes, well, it's called Voice Acting for Dummies, mm. and uh, that certainly, don't let the title make you think it's for people who, who uh, are dumb, and, and I don't think anyone is dumb. Um, but all that aside, it is a really great primer for anybody who is coming into the field of voiceover. It doesn't matter if you are technical or artistic or both. Uh, some people come from a second career. You know, this is a new thing for them, and they're like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor. Someone's always told me I have a great voice, and I should be you it or I should be on radio is often a comment people will get. Um, so if they've had this kind of lifelong dream or this, this little prompting within themselves to, to check out this acting thing and, and maybe I can do it from home and, and use mm. my voice, mm. um, then they can be reading this book to learn about three very uh, basic things uh, to do with the voiceover business. So one is obviously the voice, the training of it. Another is kind of becoming savvy in terms of what the business end of it requires and also to know how to use the technology. So it trains them on how to do that. Uh, but the reason for why we actually have a book in the first place is because as an online company that we never see our customers. Like, you know, they're all over the world and we're just in London, Ontario, Canada. We call ourselves the Queen's Other London. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of our thing. Yes, I, I, um, thought, but, you, I thought you were London, UK, didn't I? Many people think that. Um, But, you know, we're here and essentially we thought, well, you know, we can't get to see everyone. They go to our website and the website's wonderful, but it doesn't really give them something to hold on to, you know, something that they Mm. can touch and put down and look at and kind of show someone else, um, you know, something that's paper. (laughs) Yeah, something tangible. Yeah, something tangible. So uh, we had pitched Wiley with the idea of, well, we would like to do a Voices.com for dummies because one of the companies we work with, Salesforce.com, they have their own Salesforce for dummies. And we thought, well, isn't that a neat thing? They sent us a copy. We're a customer. We're holding on to it. We're showing it to other people. makes a website real. So anyway, we pitched Wiley and they thought, oh my goodness, like, look at this proposal. I think you have trade potential. So they sent it to Wiley in the U.S. Mm. And long story short, you know, it it was something that they wanted to pursue. And they brought us in under the uh, Wiley umbrella in the the Dummies family. So we're just really grateful for that opportunity to become more tangible, but also to be more accessible in terms of being on Amazon.com and then anywhere books are sold. Um, so you've got this book that's made like, it's something tangible and something physical. Do you ever sort of 
organize get-togethers to sort of help build a community or is it all online? Yeah, well, we have had some events. Uh, we actually threw a conference earlier this year, our first kind of effort in that direction on a, a grand scale. Um, in the past, we've done city tours. So um, it essentially was me most of the time just going to somewhere, you know, with one of our pop-up banners and, and just meeting customers mm. in um, maybe a, a I guess a hotel or something like that in one of their, their restaurants and getting together and just, you know, spending a few hours. Um, we've done that uh, and it certainly is very effective and there is nothing that can replace the face-to-face connection. But what we've found is that we are just a click or a call away from all of our customers. Um, so being where we are and not being in LA or New York kind of does restrict us in terms of the face-to-face with industry people. But at the same time, uh, we just have so many wonderful opportunities and people and resources here in our own city that, that we will only go out to other places when we need to or feel the desire to go. How interesting. Now just going back to the book, because you've, you've piqued my interest now, I mean, would you advise other people to do that? Well, for our part, we were brought on by the publisher. So yeah. uh, we're being paid by them. <laughs> Obviously, the rights to our book belong to them. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what the fee structure would be with Wiley, but I know that you can approach them and say, you know, mm. we would like to do a For Dummies style book. And, and it's not as big as the ones you'll see in stores. Like it would be a smaller, I don't know, 60 to 80 pages, yeah. um, you know, just a, a small book uh, that can help your customers and and that's really what we wanted to do we wanted to start out with just a you know how to use a site but but our website changes so frequently too that you have to think well um, the most up-to-date information is is probably on the site anyway so it was kind Mm. of a blessing in disguise to get this this book deal and and it was really a lot of blogging like I had been blogging for five or six years up to that point and I'd always wanted a way for people to be able to read all these wonderful articles but to have them in one place so I think that that really helped the book was what brought everything together for us yeah it's quite interesting because a lot of people these days are sort of thinking about sort of e-magazines or e-books and they seem to forget that paper books are still there aren't they mm-hmm. oh yes they are and they're just so useful and i know that some people do prefer paper books too mm, yeah. i certainly do like i've got a copy of a dr seuss biography on my desk right now and and it, there's nothing i think like just turning the pages and yeah. reading it yeah. for yourself yeah Well, thank you so much for joining us, Stephanie. Stephanie, before we finish, let's just tell everyone where they can find you online. Sure. Well, if you would like to connect with the company just because you you want to know more about Voices.com, what we do, maybe listen to some voices and see what it's like out there in, in the uh, world of voiceover, you can go to Voices.com. Um, if you're looking to maybe learn more about voice acting in general and would like to buy a copy of the book, possibly, you can find it on Amazon.com. You can also go to voiceactingfordummies.com. On that website, you can order autograph copies. So that's the only site where you can get those. Uh, but I think voices.com is, is a place to go. As we like to say, all roads lead to voices.com. And if you have anything we can help you with, then please don't be afraid to let us know. Stephanie Cicerelli of Voices.com, Chief Marketing Officer and Co-Founder. Thank you very much indeed. And I'm sure that'll be very useful information for our listeners. Well, thank you, Andy. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
you can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's oh one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.